afternoon, and welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's Talk is the program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes but has questions. In short, the program's designed for someone just like me because there's a lot I don't understand. It doesn't have to be something soul-shaking. It might just be something that's been on my mind for a while. And I find that rather than getting into a deep chapter and verse, just theological discussion, a casual front porch style talk with the pastor is the best way to understanding. That's what this program is all about. Today's guest is Wayne Lawrence of St. James Lutheran Church in University City, Missouri. I have my questions, and I'm sure you have yours. You can send your questions by email at any time to letstalk at kfuo.org or call in during the program. If you're in the St. Louis area, including Metro East, that number is 314-821-0850. Anywhere in the lower 48, you can also call in toll-free at 1-800-730-2727. Pastor Lawrence, welcome back to the Front Porch. Yes, it's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to it's good to hear your voice again, Pastor. Um, uh, this is going to be a full disclosure to the audience. Uh, pastor Lawrence is my pastor. I am a member of St. James Lutheran Church, and uh, actually, this goes to a conversation I had with the pastor a little bit earlier this week. Um, turns out that I'm in one of the uh, the high risk categories for COVID. And uh, so I called the pastor and I told Pastor Lawrence that uh, I was afraid I was not going to be able to attend church for a while because of my susceptibility to that disease. And uh, I wanted to assure the pastor it wasn't that I had any problems with with, uh, St. James or with him, but I had a lot of questions and I'm sure that you had some too, Pastor. Uh, What what was your, I won't say your reaction because your reaction is very kind, uh, but what advice do you give to people like you gave to me in that situation? Uh, yeah, what advice I give. Um, <laughs> um, with most of our parishioners, um, you know, the, there is this understandable fear um, when it comes to COVID-19, um, especially um, the older members, um, and especially if they have, you know, those comorbidities, um, you know, you understand that they are afraid of um, of catching this thing um, because you hear of so many people that have died from from it, and so you know the fear is um, is understandable, um, and uh, you know a lot of churches um, from March this year had even pretty much uh, stopped having regular Sunday services. What they had started to do was um, do their service alone and uh, tape it and um, have it uploaded to YouTube or uh, Facebook or something like that uh, where the parishioners can um, can either uh, view it later or um, or even by Zoom sometimes where they can actually view it as it is happening. That has been um, the, the route that a lot of churches have, have taken. Um, at St. James, we did not um, close down, you know that, mm-hmm. um, but uh, 
we continued to have services. And uh, I remember telling a lot of our parishioners at the time that I would uh, I would always be here for those who would like to come out. And uh, surprisingly, um, quite a number of them have been coming out. In fact, um, our worship attendance, even though it has dropped significantly, um, it has been anywhere between seven and 18 members showing up um, on a Sunday uh, for service. And uh, we have continued to do that. But um, I understand the ones who uh, who have this fear and uh, wanted to just stay home. Um, and some of them were such faithful um, members who would just be there every Sunday. But as soon as this thing hit, um, they just self-quarantined. And uh, I keep in touch with them by phone, you know, just to um, see how they're doing and to keep them up to date as to what's happening um, at church. And also one of the things we do is we send out the bulletin every week um, to those who didn't make it because um, it has um, this uh, this announcement page. We call it St. James Love Note. <laughs> and uh, it have the prayers that, that uh, we prayed at the altar in it. Um, it has... Uh, uh, the grid with the finance and uh, any other announcements that was important for the congregation to know. Um, so that's one of the ways we keep in touch with them. Um, and another way we keep in touch with them is uh, we mail out the portals of prayer um, quarterly. Um, we get the large print for the older members um, who have eyesight uh, problems. And uh, we have a medium-sized one and then the small one, the small pocket one. And uh, so we've uh, we've been sending these out, and I've been keeping in touch with them by, by phone. And, uh, in fact, um, a couple of them have mentioned to me how much they love the portals of prayer, how helpful um, it has been um, for them over this pandemic. And uh, I remember joking with one of them that I have a good rapport with. And I said, you know, maybe I should um, cancel our subscription to Portals of Prayer because I'm afraid it's going to take my place. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and she assured me that nothing can take my place. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm glad that, you know, the Portals of Prayer has been very helpful um, to them in terms of daily devotion. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a lot missing um, from in terms of um, the worship life of the church um, when we self-quarantine. But again, um, the fear is understandable um, that, you know, some of our members are going to want to self-quarantine. But uh, I just try again, I try to keep in touch with them um, by phone and uh, let them know what's going on um, with the with church and send them the portals of prayer, things like that. And you know that's um, that's usually the best you can do apart from um, trying to 
um, set up your service on Zoom or upload it to Facebook or YouTube. Um, that's a good idea, and I'm glad there are many of our churches doing that. The drawback to that is the members have to be at least computer savvy enough to access it. And uh, what I do know about some of our members, they're just not computer savvy enough to do that. And so uh, even if I... Even I want, if I want I to stress that we on Sundays we do broadcast religious services here at uh, KFUO, so all they have to do is uh, turn on the radio to 850. And you know, that's, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is something I think we should um, put in our love note that um, there are services on KFUO and uh, um, what the um, what the dial is for it so that uh, they can, in fact, some of them do that though. Some of them do um, tap into KFUO, but I think it is something we should definitely um, adver- advertise more so that those who are not um, can tap into those services and uh, um, and at least hear a sermon and uh, um, hymns and things like that. That's a wonderful, I'm glad you mentioned that. We should, uh, we should certainly put that um, in our, in our announcement page, our love note um, so that they can do that. Um, so, you know, the, the fear is understandable, and you want them to be able to um, have a way of worshiping. It's not quite the same, you know, worship in person is uh, um, is definitely much better. And, and the, reason, the reason it is better is because, uh, um, you know, the Lord has given us each other also to be a source of encouragement for each other, you know, and uh, when we come together around the Word of God and around His sacraments, um, the Lord is working um, faith, nourishing faith, strengthening faith, forgiving sins, and uh, we, as we respond with um, with Eucharistic sacrifices, with thanksgiving. Um, we are a source of encouragement for each other. And when you're at home, how do you celebrate the sacraments? Um, ah, that was going to be really... that was going to be a question that I had because I know uh, I've been reading that some people are 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 trying to sort of telecommute with the uh, with the sacrament. They'll be watching the uh, the uh, uh, church service or listening to it on the radio or on the internet, and will be actually giving themselves wine and bread. And I know that this, the the LCMS doesn't like this, but I've heard people are doing this. Yes, I've heard that. I've heard that, um, you know, parishioners are doing that. And that's not a, that's not a very good practice because, you know, part of the idea behind, especially the sacrament of the altar is, uh, is that there is that community you know, um, we commune with God, yes, because we take his very body and blood into our mouths with the bread and wine um, when we commune. And we are also um, commun- communing with each other. And so the idea of the community is what's taken out of it if you try to do it um, at home. I know especially in the Protestant um 
denomination, there's a tendency to believe you can do this. Um, but as a church body that believe in the real presence, um, you know, it is discouraged to to practice something like that. Um, and so at some point, um, either, you know, either you could go without the sacrament for the time being, um, or there can be a way um, where you, it becomes almost one-on-one with the pastor almost to, to um, for communion, because that's what we do with homebound members. Um, when I have homebound members and I go and visit them, what am I doing? I'm taking church to them. And in taking church to them, I uh, also take communion to them. That's and important so, to know, because I think a lot of people are unaware that they have this option. And it's very important. I know that I miss, the, right. I miss the communion, and I, I'm sure others do as well. Yes, yes. And, you know, um, that should be an option that we open up to parishioners. Obviously, they wouldn't be having communion as often as um, they would if we worship together in church on Sundays. Um, but at least they would still have the sacrament even sporadically. And, you know, for example, when we when we have communion on Sundays with a few members that do come out, um, during the distribution of the elements, I make sure I put on a mask and I put on uh, latex gloves on my right hand so that I'm not touching the host with my bare hands. And at least when the, the members come up for communion and we encourage them to come up only three at a time so that they are quite spread out at the at the altar. And uh, then, you know, they are going to remove their mask so that they can receive communion. But I'm wearing a mask. And so, you know, there is a lot of um, caution built into our communion practice at the moment. And we don't just bless each table anymore, but we wait until all the tables are finished and then we just bless the the entire congregation at the end of the distribution. Um, and so, you know, I'm hoping that uh, members will um, will see that there's a lot of caution built into it, and take um, take us up on that um, offer to come to church and and to commune with us. But um, if the fear is that great. And um, I understand that it can be and, and is for some of our members. I don't mind um, going to see them. I don't have to necessarily come into your house. Um, we could do it at the door. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I could stand outside. You could stand inside, and uh, I could. Uh, we could uh, have a brief devotion, and I could commune you that way. You know, in fact, um, one of our members had passed away um, a couple months ago, and uh, because they're not allowing funeral services in the church anymore, or even in the funeral home, well, what did we do? We had the entire service at the graveside in the cemetery. Um, We are spread out. It was a few of us, and... uh, 
it was a long committal because it was a little bit more than the committal. It was also um, the funeral service. Um, and so there are ways we can get around um, the this pandemic if we are a little bit creative to do so. Um, and so, you know, I can still commune people at home if they are um, open to the idea of me coming by, um, even standing at the door and having a brief devotion while they are wearing masks and while they are still inside and uh, put on a mask and commune them. Um, that's a, that's an option. Um, and uh, it's another one. I'm glad you mentioned it because it's another thing I should uh, start talking with some of our members as I call them to keep in touch. Just let them know that I am open to coming by and communing them, even at the door, even at their window. In fact, one of my colleagues mentioned to me that um, he uh, he was doing his service in the parking lot, and uh, the members would stay in their car, and I think they had some frequency that when he would speak through a microphone, they could hear him through the radio in their car. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard and, a number of them he, doing that. It really, oh, and then he would just commune them while they're sitting in, in their car, and then after, you know, after the benediction, they would just drive away. Um, I'm open to that too. If someone feel that, um, you know, they would just drive up and uh, stay in the car, and uh, we have a brief devotion. I'm standing outside. They are sitting in their car, and uh, I just commune them, and they leave. I am open to that, too. Uh, because, you know, one of my fear with this um, pandemic and the quarantining is uh, this seems to be a, a draconian way of trying to lock down the entire country. Indeed. Um, by some of our leaders. You know, this uh, pandemic seemed to be very useful to to our leaders that are on the left. Um, you know, I look at how um, Governor uh, Cuomo from New York, um, he can be very harsh. And the mayor from New York City, de Blasio, um, they are very um, harsh in terms of trying to keep everything locked down. Um, it's almost as if they are using the pandemic to sort of control or micromanage the lives of, of people. And, uh, you know, if we are fearful, um, they can use that. That's something they can use. Fear. Well, out in California, for example, uh, yes. uh, strip clubs and abortion <laughs> facilities are still available, even though churches mm-hmm. cannot. Uh, also, I think they just imposed a, a statewide curfew. Yes. I was shocked when I heard that one, when I heard that um, a judge said that strip, strip clubs can remain open um, but churches can't. Um, 
Uh, so I, now I, we know it's important in California. <laughs> What's essential out there? Yes, yes, yes. You know, and the excuse they use is that um, in church there is singing, there's chanting, and uh, that's how it. You know, that's how you spread it. That's what they often, you know, use as as the excuse. Um, but uh, you can you can still wear a mask in church. Um, you know, because if if this thing is spread by droplets, I think that's the purpose of the mask, so that you're not spreading droplets. So, you know, but I think they're using the fear um, as a way of controlling and maybe even micromanaging the lives of people. Governor um, Newsom out in California, too, was just recently caught being at a, a dinner with some health um, officials, um, expensive dinner party, and they were all um, sitting pretty close together. They weren't practicing social distancing at all, and they weren't wearing masks. And uh, you go, do they really believe what they're telling us? Yeah, do as I say, not as I do. Do as I say, not as I do. Our neighboring state of Illinois, Governor Prisker, has has basically shut down the state. Yes, yes, things like that. But, you know, with Governor Newsom, you know, and he had to apologize, but uh, it's not the apology that's important. Is The question is, do you believe what you're telling us? Are you just using our own fears against us? Whereas, you know, you are, you don't really believe that this thing is as dangerous as you're saying it is. Now, obviously, you know, people have died from it. But it seems that more people recover from it than die from it. You know, um, not that one should be um, careless about it, because you don't know if you're going to be one that recover or one that dies from it. So definitely, you know, we want to be cautious. But then look at, uh, you know, I think her name is Christy Nome. She's the governor of South Dakota. And uh, she takes a different approach. Um, I don't think she is uh, minimizing the danger. Um, and I think she keeps the her state um, well-informed about the danger of it, and also um, methods of trying to prevent it. And so I imagine they are advised to keep their distance, wear their mask, wash their hands. Um, so, you know, there are, I don't necessarily think this draconian lockdown is, uh, is the best way um, to do this. Um, you and know, of course, you have to take all... into account the geography and demographics. You know, New York City is not like South Dakota. True, true, true. And you know, and, and but just to show you also something that even with all the draconian measures, it is still spreading. You know, it is still spreading. Like, how do you stop this thing from spreading? A good example is um, we have a member that's um, 100 years old, and uh, she's living in a nursing home. And uh, I remember when, for a long time, I couldn't visit her. 
And even her own daughter couldn't visit her because of, you know, the restrictions. We don't want people coming in and out of the nursing home because they might, you know, uh, bring this COVID-19 into the nursing home and affect uh, residents. And a couple of weeks, I think about a month or so ago, uh, her daughter called me and said, well, they have lifted the, the restrictions now. You can call and make an appointment to see her. And uh, I was glad to hear that. But then she told me something else. She said, you know, during this lockdown, she did catch COVID-19. And I go, well, how did she catch it? And she said, well, she caught it from one of the workers. Because the staff that works there, they don't live there. They go home and they come to work. And she caught the disease? And she caught the covid But even though she's 100 years old, and even though she has certain comorbidities, she's got high blood pressure, diabetes, she did not get sick. Wow. She surprisingly did not get sick. And we were talking with each other, go, that's amazing. Um, Most people at her age uh, with those comorbidities would, would have gotten sick, probably died from it. But she's 100 years old, and um, she tested positive for it and still did not uh, get sick. Now, there's another thing that is kind of surprising. I'm not sure you – do you know this um, this very rich guy? I think his name is Elon Musk. Oh, yeah. Yes, um, the one with the Tesla and cars. Yeah, and I think he tested positive, didn't he? He took the test. He was feeling ill. Oh, and he yeah. Took the test. He I... took the test four times. He took the test four times. And two of them came back positive, and two came back negative. Oh, gee. That's right. I remember and so that. <laughs> you, go, you know, I go, how did two of them come back positive? And two, they were, you know, he took them pretty close together. And two came back positive and two came back negative. Oh, you know, my wife has a co-worker that um, showed all the symptoms of COVID-19. And uh, he took the test because he thought that that's what he had. And the test came back negative. So, you know, um, even with their testing and uh, and so forth, you, you, know, you know, you question how how accurate some of this, some of these things are. Yeah, it's more of an art, I, mean, I think, than a science, and that's. Well, we got to take a break right now, but I want to continue this conversation. We got a lot more to go about how this is affecting us, what it does to people of faith, how we can worship through it. We'll be right back. Yes. Okay. This has been quite a year, a lot of uncertainty. But there is one thing you can count on if you're a member of the Concordia Plans. Your benefits through the Concordia Plans are always with you to help keep you physically, emotionally, and financially healthy. 
Protect yourself and your family by signing up for your health care benefits, along with additional insurance and saving for retirement. Choose your 2021 benefits November 2nd through the 20th at concordiaplans.org slash myaccount. Friday on Issues Etc. We'll continue our Lutheran Confessions series talking with Pastor Paul McCain about the preface to Emperor Charles V. We'll discuss the record number of pro-life women elected to Congress with Marjorie Dannenfelser, and we'll play Issues Etc. Soundbite of the Week. Issues Etc. Live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. I'm Pastor Ken Bomberger. Join me weekday mornings at 7.15 for Orazio, your time of scripture, meditation, and music on KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Our creation is the result of a fluke, an accident. It's ridiculous. A hundred thousand monkeys typing on a hundred thousand typewriters, even after a million years, would never produce the works of William Shakespeare. But they might produce several episodes of Wrestling with the Basics Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. On air or on demand. A click away 24 hours a day at KFUO.org. Like most parents, I want my kids to be ready for the outside world when they fly the coop. So they serve God and they live a life of purpose and have a positive impact on the world. Hi, I'm Callie Breeze with Thrivent, helping you thrive with purpose. You know, there's one specific skill that I hope my kids learn, and that's how to manage money. Even though it can be tough, I try to remember it's all God's money to begin with. In my experience, one of the best ways to teach kids about finances is to let them do it themselves. You can start a savings account for each child and then encourage them to save small amounts from their allowance or their cash gifts. Another idea is to ask them to create their own budget. If they get an allowance or earn money on their own, suggest they split it into three buckets, sharing, spending, and saving. So help your kids be prepared to manage money in the future so they can have financial clarity and live lives filled with meaning and gratitude. Let's talk to pastors and I'm program host Skip Allen. Guest pastor today is Pastor Wayne Lawrence of St. James Lutheran Church in University City, Missouri. We are discussing the impact of COVID-19 on worship. And boy, we're seeing a lot of effects of it, a lot of impacts of it. And uh, I think one of the things that you raised, Pastor, is that when we see, uh, for example, when uh, when Governor uh, Newsom was photographed violating all these uh, these restrictions that he has imposed. Don't we lose faith in the people then who are supposedly our leaders? You know, if if uh, they tell yes. us to do it, but they don't, how are we supposed right. to believe them? Right. And that is where, you know, you you sometimes wonder if um, if they're not just using our own fears against us to somehow um micromanage our lives um now they're suggesting that we forego 
Thanksgiving and and maybe even Christmas this year, um, because you know one of the main ways you catch this is not so much from strangers um, in a store because usually they are wearing a mask and and you are wearing a mask also, but uh, it's the people that you put your guard down with. You know, um, I put my guard down with my wife. I'm not going to wear a mask in the house all the time while she's there and try to stay six feet away from her. No. And so there's a chance that if she, if she were to catch it and she's a nurse in a hospital, um, and the chances of, of me catching it is, is, um, is great. Um, because that's a person I'm going to put my guard down with. Um, and uh, I can see why they want us to forego it, um, but it's a little hard for family members to to stay away from each other and uh, not even have uh, dinner together at Thanksgiving. Well, you know the you governor know? of uh, Pennsylvania has now said that people should wear masks inside their house. Right. That is micromanaging our lives. And, uh, you know, it's uh, if you are afraid of something, it is so easy for somebody to uh, make use of that fear um, to control your life and to, and to micromanage it. And, you know, that's one of my fears um, when it comes to how is this affecting the lives of parishioners, um, because they are really very fearful, some of them. Um, when I call them, they're glad to hear from me. In fact, um, there are one or two of them that if they don't hear from me, they'll call me <laughs> and ask, you know, are you okay? Things going well at the church? To show that, you know, they are really um, still um, thinking about church. But uh, the fear is real. The fear is um, is understandably um, is understandable, and it, it is real. And so you don't want them to take a chance that because um, if, if they took the chance and came to church and they did get sick, um, you would really feel you know you really feel bad that they took the chance. Now the ones who are willing to take the chance and come out. Um, they're also doing quite well. Um, but now one or two of them, what has happened is, apart from worship, they have come into contact with people that are sick. Um, two different um, instances where um, I received a phone call from, from members that said, you know, someone came to my home, um, someone who I put my guard down with, and then it turned out that this person is sick with COVID-19. So when I called my doctor, my doctor said, well, now you need to self-quarantine for the next two weeks. Take your temperature every day. And, uh, you know, if after two weeks you don't show any symptoms, then you didn't catch it. So we have um, two different uh, members. One is a couple. And the other one is just a lady by herself that called me and said, well, you know, normally I'd be in church, but um, because I came in contact now with someone who is sick outside of the church, 
um, I need to quarantine myself for the next two weeks. And that's also understandable that uh, someone is going to make sure that they don't spread it if they are at risk of catching it. So the, the fear is real, and you can see how it is playing itself out in the lives of just um, individual members. But also, this thing has had an impact on not just the parishioners. I think it's also affected pastors, um, you know, because one of the things that we are often concerned about is uh, um, the habit of worship. Um, uh, worship yeah. is a, yeah, yeah, worship we need to go into that. that. Yes, because worshiping is a habit, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and 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 so if you if you self quarantine yourself long enough, you you know one of the concerns of a lot of my colleagues when we talk is, are these people going to fall out of the habit of going to church? You know, is that going to happen to them? Um, because you know you you're not getting up every Sunday anymore, and uh, and going to church, um, and uh, you know it, it had happened to a lot of Christians when when um, you know when they start to have um, services on the radio and on the TV, they would go, oh well, I don't need to go to church. I'll just stay home and listen to the radio or you know watch TV, and that has you know, affected church um, attendance. And if uh, if this COVID-19 uh, pushed people to rely more on the services on the radio and on the TV, are they going to fall out of the habit of um, gathering together for worship? And so that's um, one of the concerns um, for pastors, the habit of worshiping. Um, what is that going to do? Um, already at St. James, you can see you know, our attendance has dropped um, significantly. Um, and it also is, is concerning for pastors about visitations and funerals. Um, for the longest time when I couldn't visit this member that was 100 years old, I was really, really concerned because um, she was always in church. If we had a midweek service, like a midweek Advent or midweek Lenten service, um, Thanksgiving Eve service, New Year's Eve service, you name it, Christmas Eve service, if that church door is open, she would always be there. And, uh, you know, as you get older and, you, you know, church becomes everything for you, my concern was now she's cut off from her church. Now she's cut off from her pastor. And, uh, you know, that was really concerning to me. I would call her daughter from time to time and go, you know, have you heard from her? Is things going okay? And uh, her daughter would say, yes, I spoke to the staff at um, the nursing home, and they said she's doing okay. But even the daughter was concerned that, you know, um, I have not actually seen her, and I'm not allowed to visit her. So when they lifted the, the ban, 
um, the daughter called me first and said, now you can um, call and make an appointment to see her. Another thing that is um, really concerning for pastors to um, our funerals, um, we had a member that passed away recently, and uh, I heard that she was in the hospital before she passed away, and I wasn't uh, allowed to see her. But because she was dying, they allowed me to come in and to see her. She was no longer responsive. She couldn't open her eyes. She couldn't talk to me. She was being kept alive by a ventilator. And so one of the things I did was uh, do a commendation of the dying. Because you go, I don't know if I'm going to be able to see her again. And of course, you know, the nurse was encouraging me to to encourage the family to um, to pull the plug. Go, so, you know, we can't just yeah. keep her alive on a ventilator. And but before I could get that far, you know, we had to give it some time. Um, by the time I got in touch with the family, they said she passed away. And they had buried her that day, the same day I called. Mm -hmm. And that was really disheartening to me because I wasn't able to to even do the committal. Oh, boy. You know, she and I had a very good rapport. And uh, I know she would have wanted me to at least do a committal. But her husband and her sons, um, either didn't know that they were supposed to call me, didn't think they could. They just thought this whole COVID-19 makes it, you know, no, this is out of the question. You can't do this. And so they just went ahead and did the burial at um, at Jefferson Barracks because our husband was, was a Marine. And they did it at Jefferson Barracks without calling me. Yeah. And this is hard on pastors to be, you know, because we are supposed to be providing spiritual care um, for our parishioners. Now, of course, the care wouldn't be for her at that point. It would be for her husband and her sons. Um, But they didn't think they could call me. And so they didn't. And so when I called them, they said, oh, we just buried her today. And uh, that was really, that was really heartrending. And uh, even before that, I did a committal at um, Jefferson Barracks a couple months ago. And they give you like about five minutes. We just pulled up and it's as if there's a line and they go, you have five minutes to do your committal and out of here. And, uh, you know, the way funerals are being done now because of COVID-19 um, and visitations, it's very um, hard on pastors who are trying to provide, you know, spiritual care for their parishioners. And another one is the sacrament. Um, of course, you know, if you don't have the sacrament of the, the altar, does that mean you don't have the forgiveness of sins? Does that mean you don't have eternal life? No. Um, you still have the forgiveness of sins. You still have eternal life. But we know that God has given these things to us um, as a source of 
comfort and strength for the Christian to to um, assure us of the forgiveness of sins and to strengthen us in our faith. And so we know that you know the, the the sacraments, worship and the sacraments are not an option for Christians. No, they aren't. Um, it's not an option. And so that's another area where it is um, it is difficult for for pastors when it comes to the sacrament, worship, visitation, funerals. Um, and another area that it's difficult is is um, unfortunately when it comes to finance. Um, you know, one of the things I inherited here was um, when our finance director left, um, he just sort of dumped the entire finance on me, <laughs> and uh, I wasn't able to find anybody to take it off my hands. But um, what I did was uh, I made sure that um, that I have nothing to do with counting the money. <laughs> I made sure I have nothing to do with depositing the money at the bank. I go, some the parishioners have to do that. Yeah. But, of course, I don't mind going online and paying the bills because I'm just doing that with a, a computer. But uh, recently, you know, I sat down and looking online to pay the bills and realized that I am short by $2,200. Oh, gee. So I, I, I can't pay the bills. I don't have enough money here. I am short by $2,200. And, you know, you realize that uh, when parishioners are quarantined like that, um, sometimes, you know, they don't think about the finance of the church. <laughs> some do. Some do, you know, thankfully, some do. Um, but some don't. And so you realize now you have to get on the phone and and start calling around and Remind members that you need help. You know, we can't pay the bills without help. And uh, so I've spent the last couple of evenings just uh, calling members and saying, you know, um, normally we don't do this, but um, we are short this month. Um, we can't pay the bills unless we get some help. And uh, thankfully, um, the response um, I'm getting is, is very positive. Um, no one has said, what are you bothering me for? <laughs> they realize, oh, you know, in fact, one lady, I spoke to her and she said, oh, you know, I was thinking about that and that we should uh, do something. And I go, yeah, if, you, if there's anything you can do, it would be greatly appreciated. So I am hopeful that um, with, uh, with communicating back and forth with them like that, that they will uh, realize that, you know, the church is, is here for you, and that um, so you should also be here for your church um, financially too, um, in terms of worship, yes, and in terms of finance. Um, finance is not something that should be just pushed to the side because um, it's also an act of worship. You know, mm -hmm. one of the ways we worship is. Um, is by giving back to God a portion of what he gave us um, as an act of um, gratitude, thanksgiving. Mm 
You know, if you recall um, Cain and Abel, that was how they worshipped. Um, they brought a portion of what the Lord had blessed them with um, to bless him and to thank him. And uh, the well, Jesus himself the... addressed that when he said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar, and to God's which is God's. <laughs> right, right, right. Give your render to God what is God. That means, you know, we pay taxes, you know, and that's where we render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. But we also um, take a portion of what the Lord has blessed us with to support the church. Um, and, uh, you know, the support for the church, as um, you can see where COVID-19 has affected the, the support of the church. Um, it has uh, not only caused people to not show up for worship, but it has also affected um, even our finance. And uh, that's a, a difficult area for pastors because, you know, we're on the front line when it comes to things like that. We see what is what is happening um, in terms of worship and finance. And, uh, um, you know, all we can do is uh, try to um, try to keep the flock informed, you know, and go, remember, the church is still here for you. I am here for you. Don't hesitate to call. Uh, in fact, one of the ladies that I called, she said um, she was glad that I called her. And she said, if I need help anytime, just just give her a call. And, you know, that was very encouraging to hear that, um, that you know, some of our members are very open to, to being called uh, when needed and that they will help. And so I am hoping that we will close that that financial gap soon. But I don't think I'm the only pastor that um, is experiencing um, these difficulties in terms of, you know, wondering if our members are going to fall out of the habit, um, worried about our homebound members. I don't have that many homebound members, but I have um, a few. And uh, I'm pretty sure some of my colleagues have... Uh, a lot more um, homebound members that they are not able to see. In fact, I think there was something um, that uh, President Hagan was working with um, regarding with the governor and uh, and the city uh, mayors to see if they can at least um, allow pastors to to do homebound visits um, in in nursing homes. And that could be the reason why they relaxed the ban. And I was able to see um, our member that's 100 years old. Um, she is such a, a, a nice lady, though. <laughs> and when I saw her, she recognized me right away. I mean, you know, she still has all our marbles. And we were able to sit around and, and talk for a little bit. And even then, you know, um, they wouldn't let me stay long. She wanted to talk, but uh, they were like in a hurry. Just do your sacrament and get out. You know, <laughs> it's like wow. That's so sad. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is demoralizing, so, not just for people like me, but my gosh, for the pastors as well. Yeah, yeah, yes, because you know. But there are there are some. I really think that they are using this 
um, to micromanage our lives and to um, and to destroy rather than help. You know, because one of the things our current president said, and um, boy, I agree with him on that. He says, the cure can't be worse than the disease. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and I think this draconian lockdown and this, you know, this use, this using our fear against us um, is uh, is making the the cure worse than the disease. And uh, I, I ho- I'm just hoping that uh, more people will wake up to that realization and realize that you know this draconian lockdown may be not the best thing to do. Um, and maybe, you know, our fears um, is is getting the better of us, you know, and they're using it against us. Because, the, you know, so far, the ones that have come to church, not one of them have said that um, they caught COVID right here at church. The the one that could, the one that the, the, the two, the two families that have said they were exposed to it. They did not get exposed at church. They got exposed um, in their own home. Well, I know two people here at the IAC who have uh, been exposed to COVID, and both times it was not from the IAC and it was not from church. It was something else. Right. Right. It is someplace where you put your guard down with someone that you know and that you feel comfortable with. And you put your guard down, and that's where you catch it. Um, so they have not been exposed. We have not, you know, you can see them with their masks coming in on Sunday and touching elbows or stand at a distance and do what they call a fist bump. You know? <laughs> and we even have the hand sanitizer in the Nartex. So after you touch somebody's hand, you can sanitize your hands if you want, <laughs> you know? And, uh, so I am hoping that they don't let, um, they don't let um, fear get the, the better of them. But I can see, you know, the fear is understandable. You know, I, I can understand the fear. But I hope they don't let it um, get the better of them and that um, these uh, leaders that are on the left, um, it becomes a, a tool, or not even a tool, a weapon. <laughs> and, we, and we need to pray for our leaders so that they know the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. We're coming we to definitely. the uh, final 30 seconds of the program, Pastor. Any last thoughts? Yes, I think, you know, this is a time definitely to to pray for our country. We have a prayer for the pandemic that um, we use every Sunday. Um, you know, I remember Jesus um, talking about um, this king that, um, that um, this woman would just bother him and just bother him and you know he says even though I don't fear God our man I'm going to give her what she wants because she's going to wear me out <laughs> and I go <laughs> and he goes you know that's the way we should treat our heavenly father you know and, and I think you know regarding this pandemic I think we should just bother him and bother him and just uh, keep praying about the pandemic that he would um, lift it so that um, our lives can go back to, to normal and, uh, you know, just 
Just keep on him about that. Amen, um, amen, amen. Secure <laughs> <Yeah>. easily <laughs> online at kfuo.org. Okay. Thank you for listening and supporting. The pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.